0: You are listening to So Money. Welcome back, everyone, or welcome for the first time. If this is your first time listening to the show, I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It is Saturday and middle of June. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that last weekend, I uh, didn't really get the chance to give my husband a proper first Father's Day because our son's birthday fell on the same day as Father's Day. And to boot, I lost my wallet. Well, actually, I had it stolen. Did I tell you this? I had my wallet stolen right out of my baby stroller. Um, Maybe that was my fault. I didn't have it in a purse strapped to my body. It was um, a wallet inside of a a sort of like a little shopping bag that was hooked to my son's stroller. And I, I was at Macy's. And um, I remember this woman in the elevator was striking up a conversation with me about my son's outfit. And I was giving her some shopping savings tips. And yeah, that's me. And then um, I left Macy's and realized that I did not have my wallet. And so I came home, realized that this person who had stolen my wallet Uh, had gone on a shopping spree at Macy's. So they spent about $800 at three different registers at Macy's, and then they went to the local subway stop and got two monthly Metro passes. Yeah, so this was uh, quite the evening for me at this point. It was 5.30 when I realized this, so I'm quickly trying to cancel all my credit cards, um, disputing these charges. Fortunately, they had done these charges on my Amex on my American Express cards and, uh, you know, with any credit card, there's zero liability when it's fraud. And so that's good. But I also felt that I should go to the police department because this person was a thief and needed to be reported. And so I went to, and I thought also because it happened most likely at Macy's that their cameras and they could maybe catch this person. I was pretty convinced I was never going to see my wallet again, but I just thought it would be important from a justice standpoint to get this person on the record, uh, Hopefully, the police would be able to f- track him or her down. And more importantly, you know, while I did do a credit monitoring immediately on my credit, so that works for about 90 days, maybe it's 60 days. Uh, after that, there's no saying that this person could go and try to open up a credit card in my name uh, and it wouldn't be alerted to me unless I sign up for some sort of credit, mon- ongoing credit monitoring. Um, and I didn't want to freeze my credit cards. Uh, I didn't want to freeze my credit, I should say. So, Long story short, um, and so have so the point is having. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a long week? The point is that having a, uh, a police record is important because if in the future this person goes and tries to steal your identity, you have a record saying that you actually had this happen to you. You had this, you know, you had fraud. You had a, a, a um, your wallet stolen, and there's a police record, and so it's. It's just added protection and added evidence for you in the event that you need to prove your case, that, you know, you did not actually open this credit card or take out this loan. So on top of that, I didn't have any money (laughs) to buy anything for my husband without him actually finding out. We do share an account, but I didn't want to use our shared account. So um, this weekend, honey, it's for you. This is going to be your Father's Day that you deserve, Uh, and I'm sorry that it was on delay, but... I'm um, better late than never, right? So that's my long-winded story about what I'm doing this weekend and why. And so it's also Saturday. So what does that mean? We got to go to the iTunes review section and pick a, a kind, kind reviewer who left a recent review to win a free 15-minute money session with me. And I'm going to go right over here and say, um, I'm going to pick Jonathan Moore, number 41. He says he's a new obsessed listener. He says I just discovered So Money the book a few months ago. Wow, that's written in 2008. I got to start marketing that a little bit better. He said after reading it from cover to cover within a few days, I was ecstatic to see that there was a podcast. Great information, amazing guests, and greater insider and great insider insights. These tips felt more real life. Uh, and I'm, and not like I'm being punished. They feel more real life and, and it doesn't feel like I'm being punished. Thank you, Farndish, for getting me started on the right track. Jonathan, my pleasure. I'm so happy that you fell upon Your So Money, my very first book, which I wrote back in the day, back before the financial crash, too. And I almost feel like I should do a revise, a revision of that book, because at the very least, just to get rid of some of the like references to pop culture y things and products that were hot at the moment, like the Motorola Razor phone. Remember that? This was before even the iPhone came out, I think. So it's a bit dated in that sense. Uh, the facts are all right, but uh, the this sort of like the trendy stuff that I mentioned um, is really dated. So yeah, I've been thinking about updating it, but I'm happy that the book, you, f- you still found it relevant, and I'm happy that th- we can continue the conversation with this podcast. And please email me, farnu at com. Let me know that I read your kind review on the show on Saturday and that uh, you'd like to get a free 15-minute money session with me. I will respond with a booking calendar, and we will be off to the races. Thank you. And as a reminder, anyone who would like to receive a free 15-minute money session with me, you can up your chances of that by leaving a review on iTunes. Every Saturday, pick a new reviewer like Jonathan to receive a free money session with me. So if you're interested in that, I would love to hear from you. All right, let's get to business. Let's get down to the Ask for news questions. We've got a question here from Anna kicking us off on a Saturday. She says, big question, should I go to grad school? I'm 23 years old, making 60000 a year. My husband is 29, making 55000 a year. So we make an average of uh, $110,000 a year, uh, plus another $10,000 in freelance work on top of that. My current career trajectory has me capping out in three to five years at about $90,000. I'd like to get an MBA, which would put my potential at $130,000 a year, Plus 30,000 in bonus structure with likely increases each year. The MBA would cost around $100,000. I currently do not have any debt of my own, but my husband will have around 16,000 in student loans. Our monthly expenses are roughly $1,900, uh, $1,974. All right. So Anna, you've done some excellent math here. You know, I like the fact that you've projected the benefits and the potential costs. So you've looked at the pros and cons financially. Uh, in, general, in general, I'm a big fan of furthering your education. I have a master's, but only if it makes sense, right? And so this is what you're asking me. How do you know if this is going to make sense for you? So there are a number of factors, and I find that if you can answer yes to all of the following statements – then getting an MBA will probably be a wise investment of your time and of your money. Okay, so can you answer yes to this? The MBA will allow me to advance in my career and make more money. Without it, I will plateau at a certain point soon. I think the answer to this is yes. You kind of said this more or less in your question to me, so that's good. Getting warm. Um, How about this? I can comfortably afford the monthly student loan payment as soon as it will come due. Now, know that there's usually a six month grace period until you have to start paying those loans back. Uh, You may not find work. It's possible. We might hit another recession. You might not find work within that six month period. Will you be able to make those student loans current? And will you be able to make those student loans payments on time, regardless of your current, of your, of your job situation at that point? You know, it's hard to predict, but the good news here is you have another person in the relationship, you have your husband who's making money, um, so this is a conversation to have with him. If I don't have a, a steady job or if I'm not making as much as I'd like, will we be okay? So maybe it's a matter of saving some money, putting some money aside for those first six months of pa- student loan payments that are going to be due, and just knowing that you'll have that. to so give yourself pretty much a year to find a good job. So if you can answer yes to that, <clears throat> it's also a plus. Uh, can you answer yes to this? The MBA will be from a top school that has a strong history of helping graduates land great jobs. This is important. If you're going to spend $100,000 on an MBA, and I would rather you wouldn't, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, then I would prefer to see that you give that money to a school with an excellent reputation and a strong alumni network in your, in your radius, in your area. Um, the only exception here I would say is that if you get a full ride and I, that's actually what I'm hoping you'll get. Um, or maybe some uh, some substantial grant money or aid from a school. And if that's the case, and if it's from a second-tier school, fine. Um, you know, getting a free MBA from a good school is A-OK in my book, and I think in most people's book. Uh, so if you can answer yes to that, excellent. Um, and so as you make your decision, I think that, what I want you to consider is not to necessarily quit your job right away and spend $100,000 and get immediately into $100,000 worth of debt. That's like the worst case scenario in my mind. Uh, Better yet, maybe you work part-time and continue to bring in an an income so that whatever loans you take out, they won't be as daunting to pay off. You won't have to take as much out because you'll be making money. Or maybe you can um, somehow work it with your current employer that they will – subsidize some of your MBA. Some employers do that. Check out with check out HR, see if they have any kind of graduate program subsidy or assistance. And definitely apply for free money. Just because you're going to graduate school doesn't mean that scholarships are Uh, no longer applicable. There are a lot of scholarships for students who are interested in furthering their education, graduate school, MBA, law school. And so sites like fastweb.com, scholarships.com, all free resources that can give you access to scholarship applications based on the criteria that you meet. And so, and and one last thing, ask all the schools. I did this when I went applying to Columbia for journalism school. I asked all I asked Columbia and I asked all the other schools that I applied to for any applications to grants, scholarships, work study, everything that they provide directly to students. Uh, Sometimes this isn't advertised on their websites. You have to call the admissions office and, and they will be able to help you with that. So really think a little bit more about this in terms of affordability, getting the most bang for your buck. I think, yes, an MBA in many careers is vital to be able to advance. But you don't want to do it to your detriment either. You don't want to get the good degree but then be saddled with all this debt um, and and not have the great job prospects as a result. Uh, You want to make sure you're going to a good school, a great school, that you're being smart about how you're investing the money, and that you're really talking to your husband about the what-ifs. What if I don't get a job in the first six months or the first nine months, at least a job that would comfortably be able to help me pay off these student loans with my salary alone. So a little bit more critical thinking, although you've done a lot of the base work here doing the pro and con analysis. And so that's great. I think you can definitely, you can handle this. Um, And let me know what you decide. I'd love to hear more about, you know, the next steps that you've taken. Good luck. Maggie. Hey, Maggie. She says, I've uh, been following your advice since your So Money was first published. Thank you. And she says, thank you to me. Um, my question is, I have some mutual fund accounts with about $12,000 saved. I also have my TSP and a Roth IRA. TSP, folks, is a thrift saving plan that's often given to federal employees. It's sort of like a 401k. She says, I was wondering if I should withdraw from the mutual funds over the next few years to max out the Roth. Thanks, Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Well, you know I love a Roth IRA. I love me a Roth IRA. Uh, the, you know, I would say find out two things first. The one is uh, you want to figure out the tax consequences of cashing out those mutual mutual funds. And so if you've made some gains in the funds, you may face capital gains tax. If you've only had these mutual funds for less than a year – you may face what's known as a short-term capital gains tax, which is actually a lot higher than a long-term capital gains tax. So just a sidebar here for a moment. The IRS says that if you hold your assets for longer than a year, then you can benefit from a reduced tax rate on your profits. And for 2015, the long-term capital gains tax rates are anywhere from 0 to 20% for most taxpayers. Payers. It's 0 15 or 20%. If you're ordinarily taxed at less than 15%, then you might actually qualify for a 0% long-term capital gains rate, in which case withdrawing from mutual funds would be tax-free. For high-income taxpayers, the capital gains rate could save as much as 20% off of the ordinary income rate. And most people in this country are somewhere in the middle, right? So they're going to probably pay a 15% long-term capital gains tax on any withdrawals from, say, a mutual fund that they have. So, going back to your question about whether to withdraw, you may have to pay a tax. Are you okay with that? It could be 15%. So, you'd lose 15% of $12,000, which is about $1,800. And you know what? In the grand scheme of everything, this may not be a hard hit because your plan is then to invest that money into a Roth IRA, which, as we know, offers you the benefit of a tax free stream of income in retirement. And then the other advantage of being in a Roth is that you can invest that money in a variety of funds, not just that one mutual fund that your money is in currently, but you could spread it across various funds. Hopefully, very low-fee index funds, which will save you a lot more money in the long run. So I would say, I mean, again, I'm not a financial advisor, and so I would say this sounds to me like a generally good idea. You take the money out of your mutual funds, you pay the tax, then you dump it into a Roth IRA over several years, perhaps, because um, you can't can't put $12,000 in a Roth IRA in one year. I think the maximum is... $5,500 fifty five hundred or six thousand this year. So over two years you could probably do it. I would say go for it if you if you if, if you want, because I think what, what really is also the other advantage, the Roth IRA is going to give you an going to give you access to a, a many more varieties of investments, which could be in the long run more beneficial to you and your money. Good question. Smart question. Alan says, hey, Farnish, I love your podcast. I only recently discovered it, so I'm trying to listen to three to four episodes a day to catch up. I know. Sorry. It's a lot. He says, I was wondering if there was any place we could go to get an overview of some of the more foundational tips you provide, such as save and invest at least 10% of your income, keep the cost of rent or housing to no more than 25 to 30% of take-home pay, pay off your mortgage as soon as possible, watch out for hidden fees associated with brokers, Etc. Your work is very important, and I hope you continue to put out great content. Thank you, Alan. Well, we've been talking about my book for a little bit of the show, and so my first book is called You're So Money, Live Rich Even When You're Not. And in there, you can get it at your local library. You can buy for pretty cheap on Amazon if you buy it used, uh, or you can buy a fresh brand new book. It's up to you. But um, there's options now. And so there you can find a lot of what I preach. You know, that's kind of the foundational... The foundational uh, book for my work—it's got all the principles that I sh- that I care about about money—and I would also suggest my second book, which is called "Psych Yourself Rich," which is less about the tactical stuff and less about you know the, the numbers and the budgets and getting out of debt, and it's but it's all about the psychology of money, the behavioral steps that we should take to reach financial prosperity, the good habits that help people achieve financial well-being. So, those two books combined, I think, can offer you a really good base. And then just keep listening to the podcast and write into me if you've got questions. Let's keep this conversation going. All right, last question. We've got Edmund here. He says, Hey, Farnoosh, thank you for all the help you do for people. My question is I have $300,000 in equity in my home and I'm trying to borrow $15,000 from the bank. But because of my bankruptcy six years ago, the bank denied to lend me the money. Are there any other options so I can borrow this money? Sure. Well, you know, tough, tough. Yeah, right, Edmund? I mean, going uh, to a bank and asking for a loan with a bankruptcy on your uh, credit report is going to work against you. And bankruptcies tend to stay on our credit reports for up to 10 years. So potentially another four years where you're going to have to deal with this. Staying on your credit report, it's tough. No one may be willing to lend you the money because of this, as far as banks go. Maybe a sister or a brother or a friend or a family member will give you money. I wouldn't necessarily go there, though. It's tough, right, asking loved ones for money. It's just never a good situation. I would say if this is the only bank you've reached out to, maybe it's worth reaching out to a few more banks. Uh, Maybe try a smaller bank, a credit union. Uh, I don't know. Just put out some more feelers and see what happens. I would also say, you know, it's tough. I mean, the bankruptcy is going to be a really big barrier, but uh, you might want to apply for a credit card that has a very low interest rate, maybe a 0% APR for the first 12 months. Again, this is only going to likely go to the people who have the the best credit scores. So if you don't have good credit, this may not also, may not be an option. Uh, Last, I would say, and this might actually be a winner here. Go to a peer to peer lending website like prosper.com. There's also lendingclub.com. You can go there. Uh, these are peer to peer loan marketplaces. So individuals lending to individuals. And so they cut out the middleman, they cut out the, the financial institution. And, you know, I would even suggest listening to So Money episode 115. I interview Simon Cunningham who is an expert on peer-to-peer lending, and he has some pretty good insights as to how it works. But based on how much you need, what the loan's for, and your general credit rating, you could probably get some offers from investors willing to lend you money at a particular rate, often better than what a traditional bank may offer. Now, you, because of your bankruptcy, might face a higher-than-average interest rate than what the sites are advertising. Um, but if you're not getting any loans from banks, this is maybe a better... Better than nothing, perhaps, for you. Um, And I would say if this is an urgent – if you know, $15,000 is a lot, but it's not that much if you can save for it over the course of a year or two. And if you don't need this money right away, this isn't urgent. I would rather see you work to get this money saved on your own to pay for whatever it is you need to have paid. Um, You know, I just – Worry about getting into debt. Um, and ho- hopefully, it's for a good reason. You know, maybe this is a home renovation project that will pay off when you sell the home. Um, but that would be what I would suggest uh, off the top of my head. So, good luck. And again, let me know how things turn out for you. And that's a wrap for this Saturday. Thank you so much to all of my great question askers, uh, Alan, Edmund. Um, Maggie and Anna. Great questions, y'all. Thank you so much. Again, if you want to ask me a question, very simple. Just hop on to somoneypodcast.com. Click on Ask Farnoosh and there, boom, submit goes to my inbox and you could be on the show in the following weekend. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hope to see you back here tomorrow for more questions and good answers. Hope your day is so money.